clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! 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 It's all down in, in Jacksonville. The offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, got fired. So, Fortune for this week is simple again, but it's going to be by this time next week, by the time we record our episode next week, two more head coaching jobs will open. There will be two more firings in the NFL. We're not going to pick which ones they are, um, but you will see two teams get beat so convincingly that their front offices are prompted to make early season fire. There we go. All right. It is me in the room. Adam is out. I have listened to your friend's fortune pal, and I'm going to repeat it now. My friend's fortune going to that Sunday night football game we just discussed. The injury of Melvin Gordon is obviously a big deal. I said that, but uh, I'm not Keenan Allen. I shouted him out when I was talking about him. I think Keenan Allen, who has been in some ways a disappointment, uh, maybe coming off of the end run last year, but I think he's silently having a really great second half run thus far. I think Melvin Gordon being out on this pivotal game against the Steelers can be huge. My prediction is Keenan Allen is going to catch at least 12 passes against this Pittsburgh defense in what I expect to be a shootout. For over 100 yards, he's going to score at least two touchdowns. All right, here we go. Let's get Adam back in. All right. All right. <laughs> there we go. Is there an echo here? Yeah, there is Was an echo. Was it close? Didn't he have like 10 catches? Um. Yeah. Let's pull it up. Okay. All right, stack guy. Oh, man. 14 catches, 148 yards, and one touchdown. Hang on. <laughs> I'm going to make an argument that this should count. Okay. <laughs> because. Okay, so I yeah. I wish I would have said score. Right. Because he also caught a two-point conversion. Oh, did he really? Yes. And that doesn't go under the catches. So he kind of had 15. I mean, technically he had 15 catches. Okay. So. 
I give it to him. I, I mean, I think you get it. I think that's your second right. It's one. my third right. It's one. your second. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. My name is Josh Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. How are we all doing today? Hope you're doing well. And see, here's the thing: is I see every time, every time I want to go specific, uh, but don't. What I was going to go specific about was right. And okay. Every time that I go specific. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't. It's so way off base, and it's just how it happens. So you would have called McCarthy? I was going to say that Arizona's going to beat the Packers, and it's going to force them to, ups- to to get rid of McCarthy. Okay. But again, What like, would the second one have been? The second one I was going to say, oh, who was it? The uh, the Jaguars. Okay, I, I mean, say, you kind of mentioned that. I was going to say that the, because they lost, they got rid of the OC, and I thought that the Colts were just going to run them out of town. Losing yeah, that eight. was extremely disappointing. Yeah, I thought it was going to be their eighth straight, and I thought they were just going to get rid of Marone. But, okay, but I but but he was uh, obviously McCarthy was let go on Monday. Uh, Josh yeah, was fired. On, you know. He was fired on Sunday. Was it right really? after the game? Was it right after the game? Right after the game. See, I don't even. Oh, that's right, because you were texting me and you said McCarthy out. Titans pull out the win or something like that. Yeah. Um. God. But regardless, so he was let go, and then obviously we're recording on Wednesday and. You were like, we, we, yesterday, you were like, we'll just record tomorrow. And I was like, well, that gives me more time. <laughs> like, somebody could be fired. <laughs> True, okay. It makes sense now. It makes sense now. Yeah, okay. So, obviously, the McCarthy news, we can talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I was more surprised at the reactions from people than I was by the news. Because you and I have been talking about this for weeks now, yeah, and we thought it's been a long time coming, and so have a lot of fans. But a lot of analysts and other people that I've seen talk about this have been very confused and have said he didn't deserve this and he deserved better. And I mean, obviously, I feel like this is going to be a really we. I think we should delve into this, yeah. Because totally. all right, there there are two sec two paths I want to go down with yeah. this conversation real fast. I want to talk about whether or not he deserved it, which I yeah. feel like. I want us to be more objective than I think we have been because obviously we've both right. been pretty vocal. Yes. Like you said, the last handful of weeks about how we felt he should have been fired. Right. But I want to delve a little more into it. Yeah. I also want to talk about there have been particularly, I think, ex-head coaches. Tony Dungy comes to mind on Sunday Night Football. He said they they done him wrong. They shouldn't have fired him mid-season. They should have at least let... They sh- he, excuse me, they should have at least let him finish out the year. Yeah. So I want to talk about that, whether or not I feel like that was a, was a mistake or that yeah. was wrong. So let's let's talk about a little more objectively whether or not yeah. we think he should have been. Yeah, and, and should gets really into more subjective than objective. Sure, you're right. But I think that they... Look- let's, let's, let's rephrase the question then. Let's yeah. say, was this firing just? I think so. I think that, you know, he's been around long enough and he's had enough of mediocrity in times where we didn't think that he should have to to warrant this. But I don't think it was about, um, I, th- I think it was less about is this right for Mike McCarthy and was it right for the Packers? Because, you know, a team like Green Bay, that with the right coach and the right offseason can turn around right away and be contender for a buy right next year, you know? Yeah. And they're going to be contending with teams that, are also going to be looking for coaches. And I think they looked at Cleveland and who lost, who got rid of their coach and they were like, Hey, we need to get a jump on looking at coaches quick early because a lot of this college coaches that are, you know, 
going to be considered for jobs, Lincoln Riley comes to mind from, from OU. You know, they're going to be finishing their season in the next couple of weeks, and they want to know which openings are going to be open. Right. So I, I think Green Bay looked at it and said, you know, we. I think that they were willing to hold on to McCarthy to see if he could do a Aaron Rodgers run the table thing. Okay. Like they've done before. And when they lost to Arizona, it was like, okay, we're pretty much done now. I mean, if you look at their the playoff percentage oh, I mean, thing, Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network does her her projections and things like that, her game theory. And I think that they give the Packers like a four and a half percent chance of making it. So I think oh, I, I thought it was like four percent before they even lost. Well, re- but regardless, regardless, uh, I just think that this loss really put the the nail in the coffin on their on their season in terms of playoffs. And Green Bay said, "All right, we're all in for next year. We need to get a jump on these coaches for ne- for the next season." Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, I'm not sure how much I've talked about it yeah. on the podcast, or at least in recordings, but I know we've had this conversation at least yeah. off the air throughout the years. And I I truly believe, and this is kind of a separate thing we could talk about, but yeah. maybe we'll talk about this in the coming weeks and see how the rest of the season, sh- season shakes up. Because a lot of people are saying, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out of this in the super negative end, where Rodgers huh. is the one who wanted McCarthy fired, and Rodgers said, yeah, let's get rid of him. Regardless, we can talk about that. Let's see what happens in the next few weeks and yeah. whether or not he plays with some fire under Joe Philbin. Regardless, I feel ironic. I thought it was ironic. The Packer and Dolphins fan gets a Packers coach fired, and the former Dolphins coach is the interim. I mean, he was there. He was in Green Bay first, which is why I wanted him yeah. to go to Miami. Yeah, just didn't work out. I feel for so long, Aaron Rodgers carried Mike McCarthy. I agree. I think you you saw it all of the times that Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the field, that the team just was not what it was. I feel like we can go back to um, the year after the infamous NFC Championship game against Seattle. Yeah. When After that game was when Mike McCarthy gave up play calling for a pretty short amount of time. It was, it was like half a season. And he was going to focus more on head coaching things. Yeah. The team still struggled during that time, and that's when McCarthy took back over play calling yeah. duties. But you saw even when he relinquished some responsibility to focus more on head coaching responsibilities on right. the sideline that the team still didn't do well. Right. They didn't that didn't help maximize any potential or yeah. game flow or game script, anything yeah. like that. So I just feel there have been so long that you just can't say like all of these things have been mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy. You look at the two quarterbacks. Brett Favre was the quarterback when McCarthy first took over his yeah. his later years. They obviously went to the playoffs that year and lost to the Giants on their their Super Bowl run that year. Yeah. But then other than that, so if you look at Aaron Rodgers' rookie year, they went six and ten. Yeah. And before this year, that was the first time that Aaron Rodgers played a full season they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. After that they had the awesome, miraculous Arizona game, which was awesome. I think we both love that Kurt, game. The Kurt, the Kurt Warner, Warner game where yeah. they just went back and forth and back and forth. After that, the next year they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The following year they went 15-1. That was the 15-1 year. But so if you look at that, if you start thinking about those things, let's let's even just say like the second half of the playoff game the, that year. I'm not using the exact years. 15-1 season? No, but... F- 
the Kurt Warner year. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know the exact years off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm sorry. But okay. so we're, we're looking at this three stretch frame. So let's just look at the second half. This is where obviously Aaron Rodgers is starting to get his feet under him as right. an NFL quarterback. Right. The next year, there was a lot of things that happened that Super Bowl year, mm-hmm. but Aaron Rodgers helped a lot. And you yeah. saw there was a that was a year that he was dealing with concussions, and when yeah. he wasn't there playing, they lost. Yeah. Now they had a really great defense that year they that did. helped a they ton. Did. Charles Woodson. Uh, I love Charles Woodson. <laughs> I think he had two like two picks in the Super Bowl or something like that. I don't know if he had interceptions. He, I know Jamal Williams had the interception. Oh, he was Jamal Williams. But regardless, they did Charles have a Charles Wilson played his. They had a, and Sam, that, that was game Sam Shields was on that defense, I believe. Yep. And, you know, I, obviously Clay Matthews was in Clay the Clay Matthews. Game. I mean, like, they had. They it had was a solid team. Very good team. But then you had the 15 and 1 year, which is Aaron Rodgers' first that was MVP his, season. I was say that was his MVP. So, like, this is where Aaron Rodgers, I think, took over. And I think since then, it was never. I don't want to say it, was, it wasn't Mike McCarthy's team, because, I mean, obviously he's the head coach, but. These guys played to Aaron Rodgers. Yes. I feel like I went on a really long tie right there. A little bit, but that's okay. The one other thing I will say why I don't think the firing was not wrong. I'll say that for lack of better words. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams game. Yeah. Tremont Williams, who we just talked about, came out and said, we have 12. Why didn't we go for it? So when a player that's not even on the field, that's not an offensive guy. Right. They're rallying around Aaron Rodgers, not around Mike McCarthy. And it, I feel like it's always been that way. Yeah. And again, we don't have to dwell on it or beat a dead horse, but I think that Green Bay clearly saw uh, the writing was on the wall. Everybody knew his seat was it was a hot seat, and the team didn't rally around that. They were just like, "Aaron, can you do it?" And you know, Aaron hasn't been able to grab everybody this year and, and drag them through to another playoff season. So. I, it's it stinks for Packers fans and it stinks for for that for the guys on that team. But I really think they're going to get a great coach, and I think that they're going to get some we- some more weapons for a Rod, and they're going to draft some more defensive talent, which they've already done. They have some good young secondary pieces already. They do. So this team isn't that far off, and I think they just need the right guy at the helm. And McCarthy, I never felt to me that Mike McCarthy was the guy. Just to wrap this up, you and I discussed this last year. We said, is Mike McCarthy going to be fired at yeah, the end of the season? and he wasn't. And he course, wasn't. But you're right. But we, we, we discussed this year. then. Yeah. So. so. All right. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm i going to make that my rant. I feel like that will be my that rant. That was your rant? <laughs> yeah. Which is, I ranted about the Packers. You know, last week I ranted that he should be fired. This week you're ranting. It was ranting that, that they made the right call. I'm going to turn that over to you now. So that was Rant Ray Recall. Now, I have a rant. And uh, I don't... (laughs) I'm kind of a little nervous because I don't know if there's going to be a discussion about it. But I think it needs to be said. And we... I feel like we have... I feel like we have toyed with this topic a lot, but we've never really delved into it. And I don't... We don't need to delve into it. I can just rant. We can move on if you feel that way. All right. Well, I feel like like I need to rant about... about I need to rant about Colin Kaepernick. Ah, okay. Because... Obviously, there have been a lot of, a lot of terrible. In a season where a lot of quarterbacks are playing really well, there has been just as much, if not more, terrible quarterback play. Okay. So I don't think there's been as much, but in Washington, obviously <laughs> they have a little bit of a, for lack of a better term, dumpster fire of a quarterback situation right now. Yeah. Uh, Colt McCoy took over for Alex Smith, and then recently signed Mark Sanchez had to play on Monday night. Now, 
Colt McCoy broke his leg for those. Colt McCoy broke his leg. So there's something in the water. Well, also, another crazy thing about it, though. Colt McCoy broke his leg and still went back on the field to lead their first scoring drive. Oh, my God. Which is amazing. But, so. I didn't realize that. They asked Jay Gruden why they didn't sign Colin Kaepernick and if they would consider. Mm -hmm. And Jay Gruden said he signed Mark Sanchez instead of him, instead of Kaepernick, because he fit the offense better and they didn't want to change what they did. Okay. They wanted a guy who had done what they do already before. Sure. Now, here's the rant. First of all, to that you're argument... Not, you're not going to rant about Josh Johnson? We'll, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. First of all, first of all, <laughs> this is part of, part of the rant. That's bogus. It's absolutely bogus. And we can, we can post links in here because I found this. There are people who brought up on the internet plays and tape on Colin Kaepernick doing almost identical plays that Mark Sanchez was doing all Monday night. It was the same exact plays. I, it's uncanny. I, I My jaw dropped. So, okay. bogus, Jay Gruden. Two, people want to talk about, well, he's really not that great. His last games with his last 11, I don't know, it wasn't 11 games, but his last season with San Francisco, 2,200 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. So that's bogus. You want to talk about haven't played in a while? When was the last time Mark Sanchez threw a pass? And where and, and I know that I know that Colt McCoy was in the system in Washington and he's been around a while, which is why I didn't, you know, rehash the whole Colin Kaepernick thing or another quarterback thing when he took over for Alex because he's been there for forever. But he hasn't thrown a pass in two years. So the whole well he hasn't thrown in a while or played in a while is also bogus. And then the 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 argument, and here's the other argument, here's another point that people will say is that it will become a distraction, and first of all, that might be true, but second of all, this is something that I don't think people, a lot of people say all the time. How do we know that that's true? How do we know that players and teammates aren't going to rally about rally around that guy or be galvanized by him and what he stands for? Because if you pay attention, most of the people who are against Colin Kaepernick and what he st- stood for, or lack of a better term, knelt for... <laughs> Most of the people that have supported them have been the players. And most of the people who have been against them have been GMs and owners. But players have been behind Colin Kaepernick from the start. Most of them, at least. And even the ones that don't agree with what he's done have respected him for what he's done. So I just, I'm tired of coaches dancing around this topic. If you don't want Colin Kaepernick on your team because he kneels and because of all this other stuff, just tell us that. Just flat out say, you know they couldn't it that. would be a distraction. I don't want that on my team. Say that to us, even though I think that's bogus. Say it to us. Don't say he's not that. He, we have better options at quarterback. Or we wanted a guy that can run this offense better than that offense. We don't want to completely change it. It's just, I, I am tired of them making excuses because, you know, Colin Kaepernick's 30 years old now. So he's, it, it's been a, been a while and he probably won't play again because it's going to keep happening. Yeah. But I am tired of, Everybody trying to dance around the point. If if you don't want Colin on your team, tell us the real reasons why. Don't tell us this thing about he's inefficient because 16 touchdowns and four interceptions is a quarterback that I would want on any of my teams. And don't tell us that he can't run the offense and you don't want to change the offense because he's ran the same one that Mark is doing right now for you, Jay, in Washington. And, and, And don't tell us about this whole distraction thing that it would become when you don't even know that. Sorry. No, that's fine. I, I just, apologize. I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I'm tired of people trying to make up excuses when they all know really why. But everybody who debates this point knows exactly why they don't want Colin on the team, and they just won't say that. 
Well, I feel like I'm gonna play. I don't. I don't disagree with yeah. anything you said. But I'm gonna play devil's advocate here a little bit. I'm gonna talk about the distraction. Yeah. And I'm gonna take it down this road. I don't think you brought up the players and you said how yeah. do we. I I think you're right. I I don't think I don't feel like there's too many NFL players in a locker room to be like I don't want Colin Kaepernick. Right. That's not the issue. I don't think it's the team yeah. being distracted by him being there. It's gonna be all the outside sources yeah. that are going to be and. I'm going to use the example of when Tim Tebow joined yeah. Mark Sanchez You're right. in New York. And I remember, and it kind of, not that I care about Mark Sanchez or ever <laughs> the Jets, because we talked about actually yeah. like Miami's rivalry, and I was like, I always, the Jets are the two teams. Right. Like the team I want to win twice. I don't care if we win, go 2-14, and 14, That's beat the, the Jets. You want to be. But I felt really bad for Mark Sanchez, because I remember watching an interview, yeah. and the reporter was like, hey Tim, hey Tim. He's like, I'm Mark. Wow. Like, I felt bad for the yeah. guy. So I feel like yeah. when you bring in these personas, yeah. and obviously Tim Tebow versus Colin Kaepernick, they're, totally they're, different, they're completely but... different, but they're both that kind of high-profile yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. Tim Tebow not anymore, obviously, because, I mean, if he came back to the NFL, it would be. <laughs> but, yeah, so I feel like when, in a team with Washington that's already reeling, right. and like, so you're going to go and talk to Adrian Peterson and be like, hey, what's going on with Colin Kaepernick? They and they would answer. I mean, especially a veteran like Adrian Peterson, right. he'd be like, "I'm focused on just playing." Yeah, but that's gonna that will wear on you. Yeah, and I'll I will say this to wrap this up, and maybe you'll have a comment based on this. Washington now definitely cousin can't they can't do it because they already messed up by claiming Reuben Foster. Yeah, they're already in the hot seat for having bringing in one controversial player, and obviously what. Ruben Foster versus Colin Kaepernick did are extremely different, and we can't compare the two things, but Washington's already taking heat, so they can't be like, you know what, we're going to go do something else! And I That's going to put us in more boiling water. And I think that... That's not fair, no, but not. that's what the reality is. I think that brings it to a deeper point and kind of rounds out what I'm saying, is that if you're going to bring in the firestorm and media storm of a Ruben Foster claim, why would it be so bad to bring I think Washington. What, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I agree. A, a quarterback that could play right now a lot better than Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I don't think many people would argue that. I mean, we'd have to see what. Colin I mean, could do. obviously, we would have to see it, but at the same time, I feel like the, the I think the many potential people, would be higher. I'm going to say I think many people would confidently pick Colin Kaepernick over Mark Sanchez if you're just looking at quarterback play. Hopefully. But we'll see what happens. And you can, you can disagree with me on this, but yeah. hopefully you would never have to be in a position. To, <laughs> right. to, to that. That's my take. I mean, I I am kind of on the camp that Colin Kaepernick didn't do what needed to be done to get it done I mean, yeah. on the field his last year, but not taking. I mean, he played in the Super Bowl. Regardless, yeah, um, I feel like that is a good transition to a pretty heavy topic that I feel like we're going to talk about here. So obviously we were just talking about Reuben Foster being claimed by the Washington Redskins. Now for any of you who don't know, Reuben Foster was a middle linebacker drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has had a few incidents with domestic disturbances, domestic Domestic abuse, domestic violence. Uh, He was cut by the 49ers after an arrest. Mm -hmm. Um, Was it, Two weeks ago now, or was it just last week? It was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. He has not yet played, uh, but he was claimed. So, in some ways, even bigger news than that. 
coming uh, this past weekend was Kareem Hunt, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Former running back. Former running back. You're I right. Guess, he he was, cut. was cut. So earlier this past year, uh, after and during the off season, there was an altercation in a Cleveland hotel mm-hmm. that was caught on film between a group of people, including Kareem Hunt and a young woman, mm-hmm. who I'm not even sure if her name has been published, but I don't know it. I so. don't think it was. Regardless, uh, there is footage of Kareem Hunt getting. Pretty physical. With, I mean, it would make sense that it was because the video has been out now, but I'm sure they're not really okay. I mean, I, casting the name, right. but regardless, uh, getting pretty physical with this young woman in a pretty violent, graphic way. I believe I haven't watched the full video, but I believe he kicks her. When he she's does. On the ground a he does times. kick her. So, yes, Kansas City after the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs received this. This video footage, mm-hmm. they both acted pretty promptly. Kareem yeah. was put on the commissioner's exempt list. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs cut him. He's cleared waivers, meaning no team did claim him. So he is a free agent, and it's going to be really interesting to see if a team does claim him yeah. next year to be on their, their roster. And it will obviously depend on how you know everything goes in terms of legal, legally. True. If, if there's any charges. Well, I mean, like, I'm, the police... Didn't there was no arrest? There was yeah, no yeah. Well, kind I, of filing. I, I don't know if I'm. I would like to be corrected if I'm wrong on this, but I believe I saw somewhere that the accusations of this incident when it happened were dropped because I I believe they said that the woman involved in the woman in question said that she was lying about it or something like that or hmm. or, or or there was a previous incident with something else where that happened and that's why nobody was concerned about it leading up to the season. And then obviously this video comes out and it's obviously the physical evidence, the proof that it did happen. Uh, but I mean, I, I, for one, in a league that normally isn't on the right side of these issues, I, for one, applaud the NFL and, and especially the Kansas City Chiefs who just cut bait right away yeah, and said, this is just, we don't stand for this. This is wrong. And, and in an NFL that allowed guys like, uh, his name is... Escaping or Greg uh, Greg Hardy to return to the league after everything that he did, and a league that allows people like Washington to claim a guy like Reuben Foster. Now, obviously, they're pending legal battles, but still, a, a league that allows domestic abusers to return again and again and again. I applaud finally a team saying no. Okay, I think that's important. I think that's very important because regardless of what people want to say with. Oh, not innocent until proven guilty. Blah 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 blah. I think that it, I think that it's way past time that we start taking the victim side or the accuser side than the than vice versa because it's always, especially with the NFL and sports and pro athletes, it's always take the pro athlete side because we don't want to see them stop playing. But I think that it's finally time to give some power to the voices of the ones saying this happened to me and it needs to stop. Yeah, I mean. So. I don't, again, feel like this is what we said often in this episode based on our track record thus far. I don't disagree with anything you said. But I do believe the innocent until proven guilty card was applied in this situation. I mean, this, like I said, happened early in the year yeah, uh, before this offseason even began. Um, and it was obviously the police were involved and this right. was publicly known. 
the NFL and the Chiefs were looking into it. They sat down with Kareem Hunt, and I think a big reason, even more so than just the incident itself, right. why the Chiefs cut him so immediately, because that's a little unusual. Yeah, normally doesn't. Not, not at that rate, at least, yeah. was because they said Kareem Hunt lied to them about yeah. the incident. Yeah. And I feel like that was key in mm-hmm. that. So whether or not I, he should have been cut, I uh, I think we both agree he should. I think we can have an interesting debate later on whether or not we think he should ever play again. Yeah. And I think we can talk about that yeah. maybe next week or something, maybe in the offseason even. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like the dishonesty was a huge factor. So, but it, it wasn't until we knew he was proven guilty, we right. saw physical evidence, right. I mean, we saw right. it. So he was able to play while it was pending. We'll use pending kind of with air quotes. Yeah. And not until we clearly saw everything that happened was he proven guilty. So I feel like that kind of did apply. Yeah, and I, and it is very interesting to to, re, to see this because they have they've reported that TMZ had this video from the beginning and they didn't release it. And Kansas City claims to have never seen it until the moment that it, excuse me, happened when, and when they did see it, this is when they took such swift action. Yeah. So it's just interesting to me why it took so long for the video to come out and who was behind its releasing. I mean, TMZ, I mean, TMZ is weird. They're not, I mean, they're not your typical, right. I mean, like they're not reporting outlet. But, NB or like MSN, right? But so at the same they, time, I just um, obviously we don't have to dwell on the topic for long. But you're right. I mean, it's big news in the NFL and huge news for the Chiefs. Who are, I mean, obviously we're fine last week without them, but we'll see what happens when they come up to bigger, tougher opponents without yeah. their their bell cow. Really, I mean, obviously Spencer Ware was a starter at one point, and before the beginning of last season was, you know, he was touted to be the, the guy. Was slated to be the starter. And then obviously he got injured and Kareem stood up, stepped up and took the league by storm. So we'll see what happens, but. So just uh, to wrap this segment up, hopefully, I think we both applaud the league for making actions like this mm-hmm. uh, so that these stories and these issues can stop becoming such frequent things. Hopefully. Yes. It would be nice for us not to have to discuss issues like this. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully continue working towards towards mm-hmm. a world where we don't have to worry about these type of things. I agree. Whew. Yeah. All right. Let's talk some football. Let's do it. <laughs> so we... So Mike McCarthy. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So we, interesting enough, they po- they talked about Cleveland would interview possibly interview Michael McCarthy. Oh, I feel like they will, and I think that that's dumb. But regardless, yeah, I think it's dumb too. But whatever, they're gonna get Bruce Arians. Um, so we have another uh, listener question. Yes, we so do. We we got another. Uh, we got a comment to talk about two different things, and we're gonna talk about two of them. Perfect. Uh, starting with MVP talk, it was mentioned that on Monday night, I believe it was Jason Winton and crew mentioned that there were a lot of people up for MVP this season, that it was a close, tight race. And to me, it's not. Okay. And it's ironic, though. To me, it's not for a different person than it is to a lot of other fans who also think it's not close, but for a different person. Okay. Which is ironic. So I, feel like I thought it might be fun we're probably both on this for us to give our top five for MVP right now. 
And okay. I feel like I've talked a lot, so you can start. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I'm very curious to see how your list differs compared to mine. I'm sure they're the same guys, but just a different... Uh, well, my proje- my friend's fortune right now is that you have a defensive player on your. Do you have a defensive player on your I list? I do. <laughs> I know you would. I don't. I don't have a defensive player on my list. Mm, that would have been my friend's fortune. <laughs> so I feel we both still probably have the same number one, and that's Drew Brees. Are we on the same page? Yeah, okay. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I, a lot of people said that he shouldn't be the MVP anymore because of because the of, Cowboys game. No, I feel like that's, that's a, validation. I was gonna say that's validation that's, because he played poorly. They. Exactly. Like, when Drew Brees did nothing, <laughs> that team did nothing. And I don't think a lot of people look at that enough when they're looking at their MVP. That's how it should be. It, it shouldn't be based on stats. Exactly. Are, it's whoever is making their team get the job done. I agree. And I so agree. I feel like, if anything, and I've already said and you said you agree, yeah. but the Thursday night fiasco, New Orleans getting just trumped, yeah. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're using it as a word, <laughs> by Dallas is validation that Drew Brees is the, the MVP. He's player. extremely valuable to New Orleans. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can talk about maybe like you're like, no, Alvin Kamara, but he didn't do anything, right. so you can't say that. And I feel well, like I mean, that running games, game... There have been games where Kamara didn't really do much and they still won because Brees was going. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't have anything else okay. to say about that. All right, I'm glad Drew Brees is my number that. one. Now, I feel like... We're going to differ. I mean, Drew Brees, I, yeah. Drew Brees, and I feel like because everyone, for the most part, talking about Drew Brees versus Pat Mahomes. Yeah. I don't have Pat Mahomes as my number two. I don't either. I have Philip Rivers. Philip is on my list. All right. He's not number two, but he's on my list. He's on number four, actually. I have Philip Rivers as my number two. Okay. Kind of a similar argument to the Drew Brees. People are not paying attention to him. People though. aren't talking about Philip Rivers, and I have been talking about Philip Rivers, I feel like, <laughs> the entire year, but I'm okay with it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, especially on Sunday night, as a great example of Melvin Gordon went down, so you're like, what's going to happen to this Chargers offense? And they had no running game. Uh, Josh Jackson? Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, excuse me, did get some very key runs as the game was winding down. Uh, he scored a touchdown. And so they, they they got that rolling, which was really great to see, but Phillip Rivers carried that team. Yeah. He got them back into it. You're right. And I feel like that's just what an MVP does. I agree. Now, the reason I have Phillip Rivers at two, I'm, I'm, I'll talk about in, in a moment. Uh-huh. Number three, I do have Pat Mahomes. I feel like it's hard to argue against Pat Mahomes, at least being in this conversation. He, he's, he deserves it. He's he deserves he's being like, in the conversation. I believe you. But the reason I don't have him being number one is because we've seen games where Pat Mahomes hasn't been a star they've that still, they've just cruised. Yeah. It wasn't like it was like really close or like they just eked it out. Right. There have been games where Pat Mahomes has been subpar yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs have crushed it. And there's just so many weapons on that team it's hard to separate what's pat mahomes and what is scheme and what is right i know you're i know you're a huge so i'm huge (laughs) advocate of that so my number four and i i you can see it here i originally had it two but i moved it down oh is mr andrew luck all right i like that though i do i like that he's on your list he's not on mine but he is on my list because i feel like he like drew Brees. he like philip rivers and like Pat Mahomes, you, I, he's still obviously the quarterback. He's a linchpin, but Andrew Luck's what make what, is what makes that team go. I mean, you're absolutely right. There and in their early struggles, Andrew Luck was clawing that team back into it. 
constantly they weren't pulling it off, but he was yep. getting them to make it look like it wasn't as bad a game as it was. Yeah. He is obviously, except for last week, which was, we've already said it was disappointing. Yeah, it was a bad week. It was a bad week, but that happens. So the reason I took Andrew Luck down from two or two to four and put Phillip Rivers up, I don't necessarily agree with this, but it's because of the win-loss. Thing. Okay. So mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers' team is I mean, as, highly up there. As much as you and I have sort of ratted against the whole win-loss record shouldn't be as much, I do think it is a component because if you're that valuable to your team, you, you win your team some games. You know what I mean? Sure. And while... India is still six and six, and they're right there in the thick of it. You know, for sure. I feel like they're LA gonna get has it. almost a buy. I feel up. like they're gonna get it done. My five, I kind of cheated here. Okay. <laughs> because at first I put Todd Gurley. Okay. And I believe that, but okay. I feel like it's you can't. You absolutely cannot take away anything that Jared Goff has been doing this no, year. He's been pretty great, and it's it's the second year doing it, so it's proving that. It's not just a fluke. You know, right. He can play. And I'm glad that we've officially shedded all this junk about him being a bust and whatnot. Because yeah. yeah. that should have been thrown out long ago. And I never believed it. Regardless. So I'm putting them together. Kind of the whole Dak and Zeke rookie of the year thing. Because I okay. feel like they both make each other go really, really well. I feel like if Todd Gurley had a different quarterback, he wouldn't be performing as well. And I yeah. feel like if Jared Goff didn't have Todd Gurley, he would not be performing as well. So I'm going to kind of cheat okay. a little bit and say those two are together. If they were okay. to win, I do feel like, unfortunately, it's going to be skewed to the quarterback. Okay. So Jared Goff would get a top spot over Todd yeah. Gurley. But I put Todd Gurley first yeah, because I feel like he helps Jared Goff a little bit more than Jared Goff helps Todd Gurley. Yeah. We have four of the same five. Okay. One I mean, obviously, so we know Andrew Luck is the difference. I mean, yes. And it's going to be that defensive player. So let's Bre- hear it. Breeze is number one. All right. Uh Gurley is number two. Oh, all right. Tell because, me about it. Because here's the thing, and as, again, this is this is nothing against Jared Goff because I think Jared Goff is excellent. It's just when when Todd Gurley doesn't get going, they've struggled. So I will. And the, I thought the same exact thing until I was like, "Hang on, we saw that miraculous right. Monday night. Todd Gurley didn't but do even, a ton, but even that Jared was pretty darn." But right. again, but even again, like you know, Andrew Luck's on your list, and they just laid a goose egg. So I mean, sure. there's, no, there I, are games. Where, I agree with but you, but at the same time, it's just I just didn't want. I was like, eh, maybe. And, it, and it's because, for me, it's because he doesn't just line up in the backfield and get a handoff. It's he lines up in the slot. He lines up out wide sometimes. They run him on sweeps and 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 out of the wildcat, and they just use him all over the field. And if Todd Gurley isn't on that offense, I'm 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 confident it was it's still a good offense and a competent one, but it is not this world beater put up fifty four points on Monday night football to win a game type of team. So sure. it's just he is so valuable to that team. All right. Number three is my defensive player, Aaron Donald. Uh-huh, okay. And I toyed with Khalil Mack. No, nope, but Mack's been but Mack's been out for so yep. for so many weeks and he hasn't been as crazy as he was to start the season. You're right. Whereas, to start the season, he was a slam dunk MVP pick in my mind. Yes. He just has not been that. I'm really glad you and, said that because I would have destroyed that right. in a second. Well, and you're right. It's just, I, I, as much as I love Khalil Mack, and he's still very valuable to that oh, football absolutely. team. Oh, absolutely. Not most valuable. It, but Aaron Donald is, as a defensive tackle, yeah. like, at great the pick. top of the league with sacks, and he's got all these batted passes, and... I mean, another thing you look at that I don't think a staff people look at enough is uh, tackles for loss. He's just constantly in the backfield in the in the best way because sometimes you could be in the backfield all the time, but you like 
overshot the play. Sure. So not only he's just a tank, but he's so smart too as a player. It's just he is clearly the anchor for that team, and he's been the defensive player of the year like 20 years in a row now, and he's probably going to win it again, but I think he deserves to be in this conversation. Now, obviously, he's at three for me because I'm a defensive guy, and I needed to have one on my on my thing, but I think he deserves to be in that conversation. Yeah, it's definitely hard not he's, to. I think even more than tackles for a loss, which is extremely important, yeah. it's the amount... I'm gonna I'm gonna say this incorrectly. Okay. So, but it's an amount of time that he spends pressuring. How often quarterbacks yeah. feel pressure right. by him? Because even which doesn't always necessarily it's not result to anything. Much. It doesn't necessarily result in an incomplete I mean, pass. It does oftentimes. Not necessarily, but it's so pivotal. It's so important. And what's funny is that he has all these pressures. He still has a high total of sacks too. Yeah. So it's just. He's getting it done on all levels, and I just think he deserves that that recognition. So he's Absolutely. at number three. I'm not going to argue. Number four is Philip Rivers, and I I think that he deserved it to be at like the five or six and kind of on the fringe of it okay. most of the season. But that game against at Pittsburgh, when I went back and I – because I didn't watch it live. When I, when I went back and watched – because I had game pass. When I watched all the plays again through – because I watched the condensed version. It's just like 30 minutes to watch sure. a game. But – when I watched that game, I was like, this is without their best offensive weapon, and he's just doing it. He, he's putting that team on his back, and it's important and good as Melvin Gordon is to see you be able to be a team that, as much as we don't, we can't really figure out Pittsburgh, they're still a good football team because sure. they're right there. Uh, and just, it's impressive. And his wife is a, reportedly pregnant again with their next kids. <laughs> they can <laughs> – I love it so much. They can now... They can house a football team. They can feel they a football can, team. They can, yeah. An, an offense. An offense. Well, I guess their defense. They, if they want it. But if they want it. But he's going to be an offensive team. Regar- right? That's awesome. Regardless. Uh, and then number five is Pat, Pat Mahomes. Uh, as much as I wanted to leave him off entirely, just because I, I feel like people need to cool their jets, and I've been saying it all year, um, I think it would be disrespectful and it would be a disservice because regardless of what they have, the kid is playing amazing, and he's doing some incredible things along the way. Um, but again, he's at number five for me instead of higher up because he's had Kareem Hunt all year. He's had Tyreek Hill. He's had Travis Kelsey. He's had Chris Conley who had two touchdowns a week ago. And then, you know, they lose Kareem Hunt, and all of a sudden Spencer Ware steps up along with Damian Williams, and they have pretty good, decent games, you know? So it's just... They have weapon after weapon after weapon, and they get Eric Berry back, and the defense is great. It's just that is such a perfectly well-rounded team. It's unfortunate because I don't think we, unless and until there's a time where we have to see Pat Mahomes put the team on his back, I don't think we'll ever be able to gauge how good Pat Mahomes is himself because of this. But regardless, I think he still deserves the respect to be in the top five because Obviously, the numbers speak for themselves, and and he's on the list. But I don't, I don't think. Which is regardless, because this is what I meant by most fans right now are saying that it's Pat Mahomes and it's not even close. But I think it's Drew Brees and it's not even close. <laughs> no argument from me, my friend. No argument from me. Well, this is fun because I I didn't have it written down, but th- these lists are almost totally different than the ones that we made in like week four. Uh, I remember because we did way too early MVPs. You're right, we but did. But they're totally different than the list before because I had Mac at one or two. You did have him very high. <laughs> I re- yeah. I mean, I think I had him in my list. He was early. on your list too, so, but I think that's fun. It is fun. We'll find that footage or yeah. that, that audio and we'll see what that says sometime soon. 
Yeah. So, All right. Yeah, MVPs. That, that was fun. So, yeah. Thank you, Lynette, for uh, writing that in. Yeah. And, and uh, we would encourage anybody else to do that. We'll obviously talk about it. But this leads to the second thing is she also mentioned a possible bigger than football segment, which I thought would be kind of cool. The My Cause, My Cleats. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote down some information about it. Uh, and this is from LancasterOnline.com. And we can post the link in the show notes because there's pictures of the cleats that we'll talk about. But so for those of you who don't know, My Cause, My Cleats started a few years ago. Because uh, the players wanted to wear specific cleats during the games, but it's which at one point was not allowed. It, it's it's I think it's still not allowed, or is it? Was it? It's allowed for this. I think it's. Oh, I don't want to just say it's a month because the month just started, but it's uh, for a certain amount of time. Okay, but regardless, they, but it, it used to be illegal. Yeah, it used to be completely illegal no matter when, and players would wear cleat. Players would wear cleats of their favorite charities during warm ups. Right. So and then they would change into the shoes so but regardless regardless for how long they wear them they wear the cleats at some point and they are normally designs for their favorite charities or 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 movements and things like that and then and then after the games the shoes go up for bid and they're bought by fans and the proceeds go to the charities and the causes which is really really cool it is cool um so on monday this past monday night carson wentz uh wore cleats for the ao1 foundation uh, the pictures are, are pretty. I don't know, I'll pull them up right here, and we can look at them as we talk about it. Because I have, I saved the thing on my phone. But um, so see, those are cool though. Like some of them are. <laughs> so they're right here. The A O One Foundation. Um, it has John One Twenty Nine, a Bible verse on it, and a sort of like a lion tiger thing on it. A lion tiger. Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, and then the other one I wanted to talk about was Alan Hearns. He wore cleats honoring the Parkland yeah. shooting victims and yeah. promoting safer schools. Uh, they're kind of cool. I like this one. I, I really, really like them. Um, and obviously, they went up and the and the proceeds went went to to that. So that's I think that's really, really, really cool. This is another fun one that I thought was cool for us. So the Steelers tight end Jesse James. He was one of three Penn State alums this past weekend who wore cleats for Thon. Okay. And for those of you who don't know what Thon is. Uh, Thon is a pen. It's a dance. It's a dance marathon that Penn State puts on every year, and it raises money to fight pediatric cancer. And they raise like tens of millions of dollars every single year, and they dance for forty eight straight hours to to raise money. It's really an incredible, incredible charity. But uh, Jesse James wore these cleats. These ones are really cool, actually. Those are neat. They're super colorful, and they have the hashtag FTK, which is for the kids. Um, I think that was really cool. And those were the three that were out to me, but like there's other ones for, there's one on here that the Steelers tweeted that um, it's a video and it has a montage of all the ones the Steelers wore. Okay. Uh, there's one here from Texan center, Nick Martin, who uh, honored firefighters. There's Tavon Wilson, who I believe is a safety. Uh, yeah. He's the lion safety. He wore one for awareness for lupus. Tom Brady did it. So there's, uh, this one's fun too. Muhammad Sanu wore cleats that were in honor of the creator of SpongeBob, Stephen Hilbert's he passing. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. But again, we'll, we'll post the link in the show notes. But I just think it's a really, really cool, creative, fun way for players to get their voices out there on what they care about. Right. And I feel like that's so pivotal. We've talked about it a lot of times throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And kind of what the whole point of Bigger Than Football is. But I feel like to maybe average fans or people who don't even like football, they think there are these 
just big brutes going yeah. out and hitting the heck out of one another. But these so much these men care about their their communities and yeah. they do so much that if you're not seeking it out or really looking for it or being personally affected by it, you probably don't know about yeah. it. Yeah. So there are these these men are are in these communities that mm-hmm. they they play for and more often than not they really love and care about that community and obviously they some of these go beyond just their community they go right. on on a national or or global scales that's a great word for it and they want to make a difference so they're not just big tall muscular guys beating the crap out of each other for for a paycheck yeah they're they, they, they make are differences. that i mean they, they also, are they do do they that also... and but they they care and they yeah. make differences yeah. and so i feel like a lot of the times, a negative stereotype of football is that it's just these people who don't care. Yeah. But I don't think they're. I think that's extremely far from the truth. And we and we've talked about that, and I, but I, I, I thousand percent agree. I just I think it's a real cause, a real great cause. Um, it's really creative. It's cool. They they pay these artists to do their shoe designs, and so you're. I mean, this is smaller point to it but they're supporting local businesses too who do <laughs> shoe art so but regardless uh we'll, we'll post that link in the show notes because it'll be cool you guys can look at the pictures but uh my cause my cleats bigger than football and if you're really rich and you want to buy an athlete smelly shoe yeah i really thought about it i look like some of them were oh, really God. some of them were really cool so i kind of looked into it and they're just like people bid on these so they get like yeah. crazy i have no doubt which is no good doubt. though for the i mean charity. it's good that it's good for the charity but not but for us anyway never, we're never gonna own one of these cleats <laughs> moving on to my favorite part of the show power rankings oh, we're going back God, God. for just a <laughs> but second we're just going back for a second because i promised joshua wouldn't spend too much time on it no, but running. we're coming back for one we're thing we're coming back to see the ranking of one washington and one philadelphia do you want to guess before I pull this up? Yeah. I, yeah, I actually okay. think it's going to make you really mad. But oh, I'm, oh I'm God, so that makes about, me anxious. I'm, I'm so happy about it. <laughs> well, that makes me feel like very little happened when that would be impossible. Regardless, I mean, Washington now needs to be in the bottom 20 at least. Okay. Where what Philadelphia, I would put them... I don't even remember where they were last week, though, to be fair. They were at 19. They were at 19? They were at 19, and Washington was at 17. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay, so I would say Philly probably has to be 14, 15. Okay. Philly moved up four spots. They're number 15. Okay. Washington dropped one spot. What? 18. (laughs) No! That makes no sense! Are you kidding? I'm so happy. No, they're right here. They're at 18. Okay. Right above the Titans. Or right below the Titans. Entertain me. What in the world is Elliot Harrison saying about Washington? Elliot Harrison said, Yeesh, maybe people would notice what bad luck Jay Gruden has absorbed this year if his brother's Raiders weren't so cruddy. As it stands, fans see the standings and and see Washington plummeting. But boy, oh boy, Washington is coming apart at the laces. Alex Smith is gone for the year, so is the QB2. Yep. With Colt McCoy's injury, Gruden's playoff hopes ride on the right arm and the um, decision-making of Mark Sanchez, who, you'll know, will be throwing to receiver core Sans Paul Richardson behind an offensive line with multiple without multiple starters. The most rotten thing about this for the for for Washington 
they are still in prime position to take a wild card spot with no, no one future opponent north of 500 right now. Unreal. No. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. As soon as I saw it, I knew you were going to freak. Yeah, they only dropped one spot. No. Guess who they're you, right above. Do you agree with that? Guess who they're right above. Didn't you just say Tennessee? No, they're, they're behind They're, they're Tennessee. below. Tennessee's at 17. Tennessee moved up four spots. Okay. Um, they're right above the Packers. They dropped four spots tonight. <laughs> uh, that just, that makes no sense. They're two above the Dolphins, who went up three spots. No. It just, <laughs> I mean. I, I, I agree. I think that they should be a little bit lower. I think they should be at like... A little bit lower? Yeah, I think they should be at like 22 like, or 21. I feel like I was pretty generous when saying... Like, I, think, I feel like you should be in the back end. No, I think like 22 or 21. Because I would take the Packers over them. I would take the Dolphins. I would take the Browns. And probably the Bills. But I would still... I would take any of those teams over them. Yes. I would still take Wash. I would still, still take Washington over Detroit. I would still take them over New York. I would still take them over Atlanta over Tampa Bay and no. all these other teams no. that are behind them. I I don't see another team that I would take. I it's just why? It, I because they're a better football team. How so? They're not they're not exciting and they're not, you know, How do you think that they're good? I don't I wouldn't call them good. I would just call them average. And they're below average on the rankings. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah, well that's true. I mean, I I that's what I'm most shocked Let's... by. I am most shocked that they dropped one spot, and they just lost their backup quarterback. Let's talk about, so, so they scored, was it 14 points on Monday night? 13. 13? Okay. 28 to 13. Okay, so seven of those was on a gigantic Adrian Peterson run. Adrian Peterson run, and then the other ones were, one of them, three points were when Colt McCoy was scored. How about this? Adrian Peterson ended that game with 98 total yards. <laughs> he had 90 well, on one so run. Yeah, you're right. So why but you they can't. Be yeah. You're right. They have injuries, and that stinks, and they're performing poorly because of it. Yeah. But you can't say that they're better right. than a team. And okay, so there are teams that are performing poorly Atlanta, Tampa, but they have good darn pieces. Okay. And if they put it together, they could win. Did you take Detroit over them? I think I would, because okay. as much as you know I hate Matt Stafford, yeah. I'll take Matt Stafford and what he can do okay. over that. I believe that. I believe in that. Uh, the Giants was hard for me because I obviously they have Odell and they have Saquon and I would take that over what what uh, Washington yeah. has. Obviously they play each other this week. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that later. Uh, but um, but I, I mean I understand your points. I just uh, I Elliot a lot of times sometimes Elliot Harrison of NFL.com who does the power ring <laughs> sometimes sometimes he doesn't really explain why he just kind of gives funny anecdotes and gives stats and stuff which is fun for people to read but sure, I mean, sometimes i wish he would say more because i really want him to explain in more detail and why he does that they have a they have a live show yeah on nfl network and where he, does he does that, that more that, but i just but i would be very very intrigued to see exactly what he. i said. need some some justification because also if we're looking at it in terms of records they're at six and six and the only other team Near that record, below them is Miami at six and six to twenty. But then everybody above them six and six, six and six, six and six, six and six, six five one seven five. So the rest of the so where do Miami's now? Washington's at Washington's at eighteen. Miami's at twenty. So just tell me, tell me why, what, what area is Washington better at right now than Miami? Defensive line and linebacker core probably. That's what I would take. I I don't think it's that far apart. But I would still take their, and I would take 
I would take Josh Norman over Xavier Howard in oh, terms no. of in terms of right now. No. But if we're so talking about cornerback that picked off your QB twice. First of all, I only give him one of those because the other one was just uh-huh. a launch at a Hail Mary. Second of all, Xavier <laughs> Howard was ranked higher on my list than your list. I'm giving me schlock for it. <laughs> anyway, we can move on from the power rankings. Oh, thank God. That was fun for me. I'm so happy that you freaked out. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. One spot. Anyway, it's time for cold reads. Uh, forgot all my cold reads. Uh, that's fine. I have two cold reads. Okay. So, my first cold read, my friend. I'm so stressed. Mike McCarthy was just let go. Yep. Uh, Hugh Jackson was let go earlier. Uh-huh. I believe those are the only two head coaches who have been Thus far. Who goes next? Who goes next? Yep. Oh, that's a... You have to look at it. Who do you say would be the next coach fired? I mean, I don't think there are going to be any more in... In season. In you season don't think there will be any more? No. Okay. This is... I mean, what? what's the point of doing it in... I mean, we're in week 14. Okay. There's three more weeks. All right. This would be the time. Yeah. No one's going to be like, well, week 17, we'll just, you know, we could wait one more week. That would, there's, I, I guess possibly it could happen after this week if something yeah, weird happens. Okay, okay. But other than that, we're down to the point where okay. we're in the stretch for the most part. I mean, there's still some playoff things we don't know, but we yeah. pretty much know, we know who's not in. Right, basically. So, I mean, like, it's not going to be in Arizona. It's not going to be a Steve Wilkes. I mean, yeah. I think Wilkes is fine. I think Wilkes is probably Especially fine too. Especially with that the big the big win last week. So, I, but if I had to guess, I mean, I feel like the most logical answer is Marvin Lewis. Okay, I I like that, and I would probably agree with that. Um, but I don't think anything's gonna happen. Before the end of the year, well, especially not considering that they gave him the one year extension and all that jazz. They'll probably let that play out and then let him go on on Black Monday for the coaches. Right, which is one of my favorite days because I think it's really interesting to look. Uh, what I think is more logical what's going to be happening is something that I think happens on Black Monday, which is also known as, and I like to call it, Scapegoat Monday. Yeah. It's going to be more offensive coordinators. It's going to be more yeah. defensive coordinators. And a those defensive coordinator will save a head coach's job because they'll be like, they're going to be like, I can, I can work with other people. And yeah. whether or not I think that's true or whatnot. But a defensive, and I, I can't remember it. I had it and it slipped me. But there was just a defensive coordinator that was fired. Yeah. This after this Sunday, I believe was it. I want to say Carolina, but I don't think that's right. It's gonna vote. It wasn't it Terrell Austin. Yeah, let's just look this up because that I wanna... guy. All right, thanks, that guy. So the Carolina Panthers, right on after their four-game losing streak, now demoted their defensive coordinator, Eric Washington, and then they fired defensive line coach Brady Hoke and assistant secondary cornerbacks coach Jeff Imamura. Oops. <laughs> Regardless. So, <they laughs> so I feel like those moves are going to be happening. I'm actually going to change they my answer, sh- though, now that I have had a second to think about it, which is okay. kind of cheating. Okay. If there is an in-season firing... Don't tell me it's going to be Ron Rivera. It's Ron Rivera. Ooh. No, it's not Ron Rivera. It's Todd Bowles. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I feel if like... Josh Allen runs all over him this week. It could. <laughs> I mean, like that would be a good... Because I feel like this is going to be the cutoff week. Where if, there, there's no point in doing it week 16 or 17. That's yeah. pretty silly. Yeah. You're not doing much yeah. help for your organization you're not help uh-huh. giving much help to your coach which is something 
that I think kind of help or is happening with McCarthy in a way. So yeah, I feel like this uh, definitely being a divisional game could be very yeah. key. Yeah. And as much as I like Todd Bowles, I like him as a coach. I like him as an individual. This, the results have just not been there. Yeah, and uh, it was I went down to Pittsburgh this past weekend and uh, played football with my my buddies and stuff. And one of our friends, Jack Bayless, is a big Jets fan. Okay, and he made a a fun point because our other friend Mike, obviously the Cowboys fans, they're best friends and they're roommates. But you know, we talked about he's been calling for Jason Garrett's job all year, and so our friend Charlie, who's been on the show as well, said to Mike, he said, "Would you rather have uh, Jason?" excuse me, make the playoffs and miss out on Lincoln Riley or miss the playoffs so that you can get him. Lincoln Riley, obviously the Oklahoma head coach right now and yeah. tied to the uh, Cowboys job a little bit. And he was like, I don't mind Jason Garrett when we're winning football games. And then Jack chimed in with, I don't mind Todd Bowles either when we're winning football games. But when we're losing, I can't stand him. Get rid of him. So it's just fun. It's, it, it's funny because, you know, when everything's going right, everything's going right. right. It, there's It covers up all sorts of of warts, but uh, I mean, I think Todd Bowles is a very good head coach. It's just he maybe the situation has run out and it's it's clock in, in New York. I know? think he will be fired. I think he will go back to some roots of being a defensive coordinator. Yeah, and a very good, very good, very good, great defensive coordinator, <laughs> great defensive mind. And I think he'll get a shot again. Yeah, some day down the road. Okay. Yeah. Second question: Going to the NFC East, which is probably the most intriguing division in football right now. Okay. Cowboys are seven and five after the huge upset of Drew Brees. Yeah, at home, and their only pal's pick that was wrong. Yeah, who would have thought? You know, the Eagles are six and six now. Yep, after their big win on Monday night, second in the division. Third in the division is Washington, reeling at six and six. Don't care about them. And last in the division at four and eight is New York Giants, who are really three games out of the division lead, which, and they still get to play the Cowboys, <laughs> the Eagles, and Washington. Yeah, so. Which team wins the division? Does another team get in the playoffs, too? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's pretty set the way it is right now. Okay. I said last week, I think Washington's at the bottom. Okay. And I All think right. that's going to continue to happen. Okay. I believe that. All right. I do think Dallas is going to win. Okay. But I do think Philly has a really good chance of getting yeah. into that playoff spot. Okay. As the wild card. Yep. This week will obviously be... They're only a half game behind uh, Minnesota right now. Yeah. So... So... This week's obviously going to be really huge, and I. That's not a pal's pick for me, is it? I ask you. Yes, I do ask you. I personally think Dallas will win in Dallas. Okay. Uh, so that's going to hurt. Yeah. Uh, but if Philadelphia did win, yeah. I would change that answer. Which so is kind that, of a. So you think that the division's up for grabs this week? That it's going to be decided this week? Yeah, like if if Dallas wins, I fully believe yeah, Dallas has it. And, but if Philly wins, you fully believe Philly's got it. They definitely would make it a lot more compelling. Okay. All, right. All right. So we'll leave it at that. I now. like that. All right. Yeah. I'm going to kind of go. I, I like that you mentioned him because uh, one of my questions, and this, yeah, I mean, it's NFL. Talk about Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like he will be leaving Oklahoma to join the NFL ranks as a head coach this offseason? Yes, I do. Interesting. I think that he's wanted that for a while. And okay. I think that a fun tie that I don't can't believe we haven't made yet because we keep talking about him with the Cowboys is 
Him with the Browns, possibly. Yeah. Reuniting with Baker. How great would that be for them? And obviously, we both think that they should go Bruce Arians. But I still think it would be amazing if he went and said, Baker, let's do it. Because Baker made a comment earlier today that he said, you know, like, Lincoln's been, been waiting for his shot and he wants his shot. Interesting. So, so I think he does leave. But I think it gets interesting because I think they're going to beat Alabama this weekend. Okay. In the college football playoffs, which is... I know that's bold, but I think that they're going to be Alabama this weekend, and I think that maybe makes him pause for a moment and think, because then they're in the college football playoff, the championship, and yeah. maybe they have a title, and maybe he thinks he wants to keep going and be better at college football. But regardless, I do believe that regardless of what happens, even though I do think that they're going to win this weekend in a really crazy game, I really do believe that Lincoln Riley will be a head coach, and I think it's going to be either the Cowboys or the Browns. Oh, I don't think it's going to be either of those if that happens. Really? I think Jason Garrett's staying. I think this team, okay. whether or not it's the right thing or not, okay. Jerry Jones is obviously committed yeah. to him. Yeah. And if he couldn't get rid of him after he stunk, You're after right. there's nothing Jerry Jones loves more than winning. It's and true. that's all they're doing right I mean, now. it's true. So I don't think... They're not going to pull a Tennessee... No, they. I, I truly. I mean, like that was kind of shocking for Tennessee, and I, I mean, didn't disagree with it. Eleven and five, and winning a playoff game. They and I don't think Dallas is going to do that. Okay. So, and I just hope like heck that Bruce Arians comes back. Okay. Regardless. So maybe, I think maybe it's going to. Riley goes to Baltimore and takes Lamar Jackson. Could be really exciting. <laughs> I think it's going to be really hard to pull him away from Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, whether or not they do win this week, right? I think he loves where he's at. I yeah. think he loves the power he has. I think, I mean, obviously, actually, I don't even know. I don't know the salary of college coaches versus NFL. But A I feel lot like of them make ridiculous amount of money. But a lot of them don't. I'm sure Lincoln Riley is very well paid. Yeah. There, and, what, there are a lot of high-paid coaches in the NFL, but most of the time, they're pretty, like, they're not that far apart. There is a big discrepancy in college coaches because a lot of the lower schools don't pay a lot. Sure. And uh, I believe it was... I think it was uh, Jimbo Fisher who left Florida State to, to coach for uh, uh, Texas A&M has like a 10-year, ten, ten $100 million contract, like something Oof. crazy like John that. Rudiny. Yeah, so I like there are some coaches who make a lot, and Lincoln Riley makes a, a decent chunk of change. Right, so <laughs> I feel like the NFL is going to have to throw a really decent chunk of change at him to think, get him. Think a, I think a team would do it. I mean, I believe they would too. Especially with but... the success of a Sean McVay, and even though – Kyle Shanahan's teams haven't been a lot of winning the success of his offense with whoever's in it. I think that the the age of these new, these young, innovative offensive head coaches is just it's just going to keep rolling. Yeah, you know. All right, my second question is talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers that we talked okay. about them earlier. I don't remember the adjective you used, but it was something along the lines of interesting. <laughs> So, obviously, with the injury to James Conner, who mm-hmm. took over so beautifully for Le'Veon Bell, yeah. he the injury is now worse than they initially thought. Mm-hmm. They're looking at a two- to four-week timetable from the return. At least two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, two-part question. I'm pulling up the playoff picture right now. Does Pittsburgh make it? And if they do, how far do they go? Now, if they do make it, that's going to be right on the edge. Like that's that like later four week period where they yeah. can be getting him back. Yeah. But what? How does this? How does this shake up? How does this affect the team? So, this answer is completely different based on the fact that Baltimore won this past weekend. Ooh. Okay. Because 
the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this division now. Oh! And I love, I, I love and hate that I was so against the Ravens all year. But I'm. This is how pivotal James Conner missing is to me. Okay. Because they go. Uh, here's the thing about the the Ravens go at the Chiefs this week. Now I don't think that's a slam dunk Chiefs win, especially with Kareem Beyond being out and the Ravens run defense being incredible. And the defense so, will challenge that offense. So that that will be a really fun game to keep an eye on. I think. I think that's one of the more sneaky good games. But they do that, and then they get to be home for the Bucks. And then they're at the Chargers was a tough, and then and then home for the Browns. Okay. Okay. And, but the the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have they get the Raiders in Oakland. In, in Oakland, they are in Oakland still. Right? Yeah. Okay. They haven't moved yet. Not they're yet. In Oakland they're not in Vegas this week. Yet. But then they have to play the Patriots and the Saints back to back. Yeah. Okay. They have to play Saints in the Superdome. So if you don't have James Conner for one or both of those games, I don't think you okay. win either of them. They. Probably won't, and I don't think that. And I would have considered picking against them even with James Conner. So that's dropping, taking out what could happen with the Bengals and the Raiders because you never know when you're on the road, um, especially not in the black hole. But you mean the Ravens against the Raiders is the Steelers' record. Okay, you said the Bengals because they they play the Bengals at home. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. Is so you never really know what could happen with that division game in, in the last week. And you never know what you can go when you go on the road in that environment. So taking those games out of it, that's two losses against the Patriots and the Saints that I'm giving them. That puts them at 7-6-1. and one. And the Ravens, I'm giving them that win against the Bucs and the Browns. So obviously, they have to they would have to upset one of these other teams. Uh, but I think the Ravens win the division. And if you're looking at a Steelers team that's 7-6-1 you know, and one or... Seven, eight, and one—you know, around that area. I'm looking at teams like the Dolphins, the Colts, or the Broncos who could sneak in and succeed. All right. Which is—I just—I feel—I feel terrible for Pittsburgh because I do like Pittsburgh. I will be—I don't know if I've ever said this on the show, but I've been very vocal about this in my everyday life. I will be so one of the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fans ever once Big Ben goes because I don't like Big Ben. But I don't think you've ever said that. I don't think I've ever said it on the show. I'm a big fan of Mason Rudolph, though. So when 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 they finally move on from Big Ben and hopefully Rudolph gets a shot, I'll be a much bigger fan of the Steelers. But I love most of the people that are on that team. And while not a lot of people are fans of Mike Tomlin, I do like Mike Tomlin. Uh, But I just I think that this is the the Steelers were kind of reeling to begin with because we've never really gotten the hold on who they are and what their identity is and and what they do. And now all of a sudden you lose the guy who was the, you know, ironically someone you relied on more than even a guy like Antonio Brown, you know. Yeah. So I just I think that it's big. I I don't think it'll be in terms of numbers because I think that Jalen Sanders is that his name? Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels will still put up production. Um, I just I don't I don't see them beating. Any of those two teams, I don't see them being the, the Pats or the Steelers, and I see them being upset by either the Raiders or the Bengals, and that puts them behind the Ravens at this point. And so while I just hope, I will say this, I just hope that the Ravens see that they've won three straight behind Lamar and they don't pull the plug on him. Oh, I don't think they will. I hope that they say they look at it and they say we were very inconsistent leading up to this point, and even though Lamar has been perfect. He's led us to three straight and put us right back in the conversation. So we should stick with it. I'm going to make a little 
reference here and we'll see if you figure it out. But how the turntable. <laughs> Get off this court. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't too long ago that I was saying that about Baltimore and you're like, nope. Yeah. Well, hey, like I said, I, I guess it's my recall. <laughs> I just. Which I, is funny because you recalled them once only to recall your recall. Yeah. And now you're recalling your recall of a recall. Recall cubed. Maybe it'll be squared next week. Maybe they, maybe maybe the, maybe they'll lose. They're this. Gonna, they're gonna start Joe Flacco. They'll start Joe Flacco. They'll lose against the Chiefs, and the Steelers will win by fifty against the Raiders. And they'll be like, well, anyway, perfect. Well, All now right. it's time for pass picks. Oh yeah. All right. Crazy week. So yeah, it was sad. <laughs> it was sad. Uh, let's do some math real quick. I didn't officially highlight it like I usually do, so I'm a little behind the ball. My pen's dying now. I'm a little upset. That, what are you upset about? That I didn't go three and oh. Well, you almost went one and two. So, be thankful for what you have. Yeah, it was never in doubt. Regardless. It was never in doubt. It was completely in doubt. Hashtag tighten up. <laughs> God. Gross. <laughs> Elliot Harrison doesn't feel that way. No, not at all, but Mina Kimes, one of my favorite sports reporters, does, and that's all that matters. All right, so Adam got a 2-1 two, one, two and one record last week. I got a 1-2 record, so he is up. I have a 18-19 and 19 record overall, and he has a 19-18 and 18 record overall. Yeah, I love so, it. I love it. So? Regardless, I'm fine. All right. I am fine. So I'm going to ask you first, my friend. Big week in Pals Picks. Big week indeed. Week 14 of the NFL season. First game I'm giving you is the Indianapolis Colts coming off a donut. Yeah. Taking on the red hot Houston Texans. Nine straight, I believe. Yes, sir. And I mean, I don't. As much as I love Andrew Luck and the Colts, I think this is really where. The wild card picture in the AFC gets interesting because I think that the Texans are going to win their 10th straight. All right. Uh, you know, they're at home. They're red hot. Nobody's been able to stop their passing game with Deshaun Watson. Now, all of a sudden, Lamar Miller's going crazy. Yeah. They get Dante Foreman back. It's just they, they're rolling, and I don't see how Andrew Luck and the Colts stop the offense, and I certainly don't see how J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney don't find out a way to get to Andrew Luck at least a couple times, which is one of the big reasons why the Colts went down last week. It's because the Jags got to Luck, and they pressured him, which hasn't happened to Andrew Luck most of the year. They've done a great job with that offensive line. Of Definitely during that run. Keeping him upright. So I think that the Colts go down again. The Colts drop to 6-7, and seven and all of a sudden we're looking at a very muddled six-seat race. Yeah. All right. So, uh, next question is two teams that can't hang around with the Washington Redskins, according to Elliot Harrison. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons traveling up to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, uh, I don't know how to pick this game. I'm just going to go with the home team, and I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to pick Green Bay. Okay. I think that, you know, I hope, I guess is the better word, that Aaron is pissed about what happened last week, and I hope that he realizes that he's going to do something to give some people some hope here you know what i mean all uh, right and i leo jones and matt ryan they, they thrive they, at lambeau yeah i oddly enough but excuse me um you all right there yeah, you're boring me i was kidding <laughs> uh this is your part no. of the segment yeah i bore myself wow that was really kind of mean it was mean. anyway you talk to yourself be nice to my friend adam we don't have time to unpack all that but regardless i think the pack went up all right 
And last big but day, not least, big day for Aaron Jones. Last but not least, the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, this one is interesting. It's a bad adjective. I thought you were going to laugh. Anyway. <laughs> That's more engaging. There you go. This is engrossing. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus. I, no. I have reasons to confidently pick either team right now. I uh, like that because I, I feel like I thought you would have just been all in no, on one. I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, I just, I think that, and even though it was Washington and, you know, even though I just like to throw gasoline on your fire, I'm not high on Washington anymore either. So <laughs> I just really think that they found something here in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, they were they were four and six, and then all of a sudden they win two straight. They liked being Philadelphia likes being that underdog, and Carson Wentz has kind of figured it out. Golden Tate finally came on last week. I just I love what the Cowboys have. I, I love Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott. I love that Mark Cooper is being great. Their young defense is just a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be a great football game. I just, I think Philly's going to do it this week. I think Philadelphia is going to win. There we go. So, Adam has the Texans defeating the Indianapolis Colts at home. The Green Bay Packers taking care of business at home mm-hmm. against the Atlanta Falcons. And then the visiting. Philadelphia Eagles going into Jerry World to defeat the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And then, uh, based on, on Adam's picks here, I'm going to have a real interesting <laughs> opinion on that NFC East next week. Here we go. So, going, we're going to start with two primetime games. I feel like I always give you the primetime games, but whatever. Yeah, it keeps me waiting. I it's love suspense. It. We're going to go Monday Night Football. Why don't we start with the non Prime time and we'll go backwards. That, well, yeah, they let's already go know the we're order. going Monday night. Now let's go in the order of which. In the order, we're going to go to Josh's favorite team, Washington. Yep. Who is at home to face the suddenly hot New York Giants? New York Giants. <laughs> New York Giants. That's all you're going to say? I will. I mean, like, <laughs> I just I don't believe in anything of the quarterback. Okay. Uh, I mean, think Mark Sanchez is going to throw four touchdowns. I don't. Although I will say this about Mark Sanchez, which is fun. I feel like we all have to appreciate this. Mark Sanchez, years ago on Thanksgiving, infamously had his famous butt fumble. <laughs> it was Did you, number do you one, know about this? Yes. It was number one, the butt fumble, on the not top ten on SportsCenter for three straight years. It's unbelievable. He redeemed himself. He did. The butt recovery. <laughs> he recovered with his butt. So it's come full circle. Oh, I'll give you that. Washington's the best thing you've done. And the so, last handful of weeks. Yes, I mean he recovered the ball with his butt. It's a wonder why we can't get behind him. Ha ha ha! That was a good one. <laughs> God, this is what our show has become. Anyway, yeah, I just don't think Washington is going to be able to hang around. I think Saquon Barkley's going to have a good game. I think Odell's going to do a little bit. Maybe yeah. hit some Sterling Shepard. Love that for my fantasy team, even though I lost and I have in the playoffs. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to talk about this today. We don't. Yeah, I just, right. I believe more okay. in, in reeling Eli Manning than I do anything about Mark Sanchez. So, All right. So. I believe that. So, the first of the two primetime games, Sunday Night Football, the NBC Flex game. Yeah. The second one, because last week's was flexed, and that was a good flex. It was a good flex. So, let's see flex. if this is a good flex. I got the flex right last week. Odd flex, but okay. The Rams... <laughs> Traveling into Chicago to face the Bears, I believe Mitch right now Mitch Trubisky is, is going to play. On track to play again, mm-hmm. which is huge. 
I'm still picking the Rams. Okay. Uh, I feel like Khalil Mack will be back again and healthy, and he's been in and out, like Adam said earlier in the episode. But I think he's going to be back. But I just feel like for all the things that Chicago has faced and they've overcome some and they've lost some, they haven't faced a team in, a team like this in one yet this year. And I feel like that's what's going to happen happen this this week again. Okay. Uh, obviously, Chicago's defense is better than LA's, although LA is getting to leave is on track to at least be back. Yeah. So you're going to have your bookend corners again. You'll have mm-hmm. Tlaib and Peters on both sides. I feel like they're going to make life difficult for Trubisky. Yeah. And I've said it before, when Trubisky is pressured, he gets pretty bad. Okay. And I feel like that's going to happen. You were just talking about Aaron Donald. Yeah. There we go. All right. Last but certainly not least, Monday Night Football, Minnesota traveling to Seattle to face the Seahawks. We've said it once. We've said it a hundred times. I'm Rolling with it, and Russ, we trust. And Russ, we trust. Yeah, I just think Minnesota's coming off a bad game in New England. Mm-hmm. Now they have to travel to the opposite side of the country. Mm-hmm. It's something that the Green Bay Packers had to do a handful of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I think the results are going to be the same. I think they're going to lose okay. to both teams. And I just trust Russell Wilson to get it done. We talked about it briefly mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago, but Seattle's defense is sneakily good. Yeah. The running game, they run it more than any other team in the NFL. They're the best in the NFL. And not to take anything away against Minnesota's defense, they're very good at stopping the run, but I feel like it's going to be force meets force. But yeah. when those forces meet, I trust in Russell Wilson's right arm more than I trust in Kirk Cousins. All right. I, I respect that. So to recap, Josh went the Giants on the road against Washington, the Rams on the road against the Bears, and the Vikings losing... In Seattle, against the 12th man in the Seahawks. So I went home team, home team, road team. You went road team, road team, home team. There we go. That's fun. All so, right. Heading into our last segment, Friends Fortunes. Before we get there. Oh, okay. I have a few little tidbits I want to throw in there. Oh, Nothing that's going to constitute a segment or here anything, but I just wanted to save this for... Do you, what, do you, what do you think I'm going to say? I don't know. It's going to be bad. It's not... Well, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be uh, engaging. <laughs> All right. So my... My wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> today at practice, oh, they believe so to be a torn ACL. So it's not sad. confirmed yet, but usually when you think that's it, that's usually it. So, Emmanuel Sanders right now has 868 yards on the year. Your wide receiver, Demarius Thomas, still only has 402. Yep. Now, when we made this bet, I said barring injuries. You did say barring injuries. I'm still confident. What? I'm still confident. We're going to hold the bet? I'm going to hold the bet that even with Emmanuel Sanders missing a month of the season, DT won't catch him. What? So what's the yardage right now? The yardage, Emmanuel Sanders has 868 yards. And DT has? DT has 402. So DT needs like 300, 400 more yards? He needs, well, math of money. There we go. Tell me me the numbers again. I kind of want you to do this in your head. No, tell me the numbers again. you You can do this. Tell me the numbers again. Emmanuel Sanders has 868. 8, Yes. So he, so he needs, needs to catch 466 yards. Yep. <laughs> the Chiefs, he has a month to do it. The Chiefs for 466 in a month. If I and, and and I did give you this, and I will still give you this. This so is he has out four, con- Hang on. He has four games. He has to average 117 yards. I'm gonna, I gave you this. Okay. I told you this. I didn't ever say it on air, but I told you in person. You did. 
because Demarius Thomas was on two teams, he had two bye weeks, yeah. I will give you the average. Seat, I'll give you the average at the end of the year. At the end of the year, he and gets we'll tack that on. We'll <laughs> wow. Doubling down. Wow. Still I've never, I've never seen you be this bull. <laughs> <laughs> the last time Even, you were this bull, we were in a bar and you were leaving a number for a girl. I was thought you were going to say the time I was this bull and I proved you wrong was when you told me I couldn't do a pull up. Yeah, well, and I proved you wrong. I don't. I didn't want people to hear that. <laughs> For my, I was just. <laughs> <fell>. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. For Double vanilla down. coke and what was it? Cherry Pepsi. Cherry Pepsi. Yep. I love it. All right. Uh, my last tidbit that I want to throw out there uh, because it's fun. Is that I'm putting my undefeated uh, fantasy football yeah, record on is, the line. This makes me so freaking nervous. But this time, for the first time since we've been doing this, this is going to be the first time we've met in the playoffs. Is this a playoff game? This is a playoff game. Oh, I thought it was the nope, last this game is, before the playoffs. No, nope. oh, I'm even more nervous. This is a playoff game. I you and I, I are in the playoffs. So we're playing each other in the quarterfinals. For right everybody now. who hasn't paid heard earlier episodes, Josh and I are in a lot of fantasy football leagues this year. And Josh miraculously holds an undefeated record against me in fantasy. This means, and like, it's been like in the last two, or wait, it's been like the last four years we've been in fantasy football together, right? So this is like well over 20 matchups total. Something like that. Something like that. So like, he's beaten me in every single one, and we're in eight, we're in six. We're we're in four. We're We're in four. Only four together this year. And so far, he's four and oh. He's beaten me in every one. So. We play in the first round of the playoffs in one of our Yahoo leagues. It's one of the fun ones where it's eleven on eleven, so we have uh, in, in, uh, individual defensive players too, which has been it's been a fun experience. But yeah, uh, I'm really freaking nervous about it. This is the league where I have Josh Allen, and he scored thirty four for me last week in a win. So we'll see if he does that again against the Jets. But Could definitely happen. I also have Matt Stafford. So I also have Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> So I wish I wouldn't be able to say I had to marry stuff. I have to I have to figure that one out, but I'm working on it. I so. think I think this should be if we have enough time, this should be another segment where we do like tidbits because I want to say a couple things too. Okay. I think this should be a segment where we like shoot through some cool things. Sure. But nice. but regardless, I wanted to point this out. Somebody, uh, Jeff Eisenbrand on Twitter. Uh, what does he do? Uh, he's he's a host of um, an NBA Twitch account. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Twitch is a streaming service where oh. people play video games. I was and you about watch, to ask what that. And was. you watch it, but regardless, he tweeted out this thread of most tweeted things, and one of the things he tweeted was top tweeted sports games, and this is the top ten. In the top ten of the top ten, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the top ten are football games. Okay. So I thought that was kind of cool for us is that like people want to ask what the most popular sport, maybe Twitter isn't the biggest component or what was the word I'm looking for, uh, uh, measuring stick of that, but for popularity, maybe I thought that I was mean, kind for of argument's sake, like, interesting. Six NBA the, season isn't six of the top 10 most tweeted sports games. Is this ever? Or is uh, this like, oh, uh, in 2018. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's like so we did have like the World Series and all of that stuff. Yeah, the World Series game five is listed as eight. Uh, NBA Finals game one against the Cavs and Warriors is four. Okay. Um, number two is the college football playoff uh, championship against Alabama and Georgia, but it's still football. Sure. So six. Yo, you're right. I thought you were gonna be yeah. like this week, and nope. I was like, well, who cares? Nope. I mean, like, pa- right? It's in season. No, you're right. No, it's past year, so I okay. thought that was cool. Um, Shout out to the Chicago Bears who have more interceptions this year 
than touchdown passes allowed. Okay. Interceptions than touchdown passes allowed. That was fun. And finally, shout out, or two more shout outs to my team. In the month of November, Tredavious White allowed eight yards receiving. 0.08 yards per coverage snap. Okay. How amazing is that? It's pretty amazing. The other shout out is Josh Allen, total yards last week, 366. The Dolphins, total 175. Don't call it bust ever again. 1 0. First of all, against the Buffalo Bills this year. Dog Niners? We'll see what happens on December 30th. I completely, <laughs> I completely believe in Buffalo. But Anyway, thought that was fun. That was tidbits. Tidbit. <laughs> all right, so we're going to do some Friends Fortune. You're first because wrap I was this first up. Speak. Yeah, get the heck out of here. Don't look at my Friends Fortune. I'm going to leave my laptop right here. I saw it when you flashed your screen at Did me. you really? No. God. <laughs> All right, all right, here we go. So, mentioning my guy Emmanuel Sanders going down, that stinks. But I'm still confident on my bet, and I've doubled down, and I feel good about it. I'm going to go to another Broncos wide receiver, because last week a wide receiver prediction generously gave it to me, but I feel really, really good about that prediction. I'm going to go to Deshaun Hamilton former Penn State We Are wide receiver drafted by the Denver Broncos. He's going to have to step up. And I do think, so on the year, on his career, because since his rookie year, Deshaun Hamilton has five receptions, 61 yards. I think he is going to double that this week. He is going to catch at least seven passes for 120 yards. Might not score, but he's going to double his current career total. I don't know why I said that so oddly, sorry. Hope you hung with me. I was thinking through the words as I was saying them. All right, let's get out of here. All right, so Friends Fortune, week 14. I haven't got one right, and Josh has gotten two. Not three. But anyway... I feel pretty confident about this one, and it's funny because I do believe the reason that the Steelers missed the playoffs this year is because of the injury to James Conner, but I don't think it's solely because of that. I think it's a big reason, but because I do believe that Jalen Samuels is going to have a big game this week, and that's going to be my friend's fortune, that Jalen Samuels, who will be the starting running back, and he will split some time with Stephen Ridley, former running back of the Patriots, and now excuse me, a backup in Pittsburgh, I do believe that Jalen Samuels goes off for 100-plus scrimmage yards and two touchdowns, helping a couple of my fantasy leagues this year. So that's Jalen Samuels, 100-plus scrimmage scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. All right, there it is, friends' fortune. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying I don't feel super confident after I walked out and I was like, yeah, I said it, and I don't like it anymore, but... (laughs) I've calmed myself down. I feel I feel fine. It's that's okay. That was quick. It, <laughs> it uh, it's funny because I said something earlier in the episode that kind of con- I don't want to say contradicted, but it doesn't perfectly align with an opinion that I said. But I, I I kind of explained it in my friend's fortune. So hopefully I get it right. I feel like it has something to do with Dallas. Two. It's two to nothing right now in friend's fortune. Three to nothing. Two and a to half nothing. to nothing. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. We yeah. do appreciate it. Again, thank you to Lynette for sending in Absolutely. some questions. We highly recommend or 
ask you guys to continue to do that. Yeah, thank you for continuing listening. Make sure you check out the Pocket Podcast Network at pocketpodcastnetwork.org. There's some cool marketing things that will be happening soon. I just talked to our fearless leader, Brittany, this this past week, and she's got some cool things. Um, So, yeah, check that out. Check us out and and continue listening. Thank you very much. There we go. We hope you all enjoy this week of NFL action. God bless.